Friday, which means we're getting that much closer to Clearwater and also the start of the season because we are five days away from pitchers and catchers. But for some of us, it may have started already and 48 days away from opening day. And the chat is rolling, rolling, rolling and rolling, rolling. It looks like Mickey Durkin for the win coming in hot with a Sixers comment. Chris, Dave, Matt, CMC, Spiral Out, Kim, Hypothetical Man. Happy Friday, guys. We did it, guys. We made we're it. We're here. Yes. Wow. I don't even, there's a lot of things happening in the chat right now. I see we're talking about pizza, which is never a bad thing. It's pizza and movie night at the Lynch House. Uh, there's oh. heavy discussion as to. Which movie are you? Skylar's unsure. Uh, <laughs> she wants to watch the Spideyverse. But okay. that's a little too intense for Paige. Mm. Um, there's been a lot of Moana over the last week, so trying to avoid that. I'm thinking I'm going to push for Incredibles. Have they seen The Incredibles? Oh, yeah, they're a big fan of The Incredibles. Oh, that's always a good one. Uh, Toy Story came back recently. I don't know. You know, I don't know how okay. much time we're going to have. options, options. Yeah. I was just talking ironically earlier today. It's because my niece and nephew are at the age where they'll sit nicely and watch a movie and we can have, like, Blankets and popcorn oh, and movie yeah. we night got them and like popcorn yeah, bowls for that's Christmas. so much fun. Moana is always a favorite. I feel like in a, for a and lot she, of kids. She now counts it down to how many days until movie night. Oh, like, <laughs> so it's it's Friday night's lit <laughs> at the Lynch House. So lit. You know, it's funny to me when I think about how our weekends have changed. Yeah. Went from like popping bottles and being hung, you know, hungover and partying yeah. to like being excited for popping some. Bottles of milk with oh, your littles yeah. and two percent, the good stuff. Yeah. Oh, Monsters Inc. is such a Monsters good one. Monsters Inc. Michael. That's a tough one. Sully and, and yeah. And Michael Wazowski. Some kids get a little scared of that, but it's such a good movie. It depends on the age. Um, uh, I saw I, somebody talking about Angelo's in here. Why'd you have to go and make me hungry at the start of the show? Oh man, you're doomed. Between yeah, now I'm just thinking about you're gonna be hungry, and then eventually you're gonna have to go to the bathroom, and it's gonna be a mess. So let's get this show. And I treated myself done in an hour. Let me, let me get ahead of. Yeah. Ahead of it before like somebody the in the chat calls though. me out. I treated myself today. I had done like six or seven days in a row. Um, so I treated myself. I went double espresso shot. Wow. Right. So yeah, I think he's like, no. I made it a week. So treat yourself. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. Sounds like everybody's feeling pretty good today, I guess. Um, at least it's Friday. If nothing else, it's Friday. I... I'm excited for the weekend. Um, nothing too crazy, but looking forward to just some R and R. It is needed because this week has had a lot. Of, the rumors have been continuing to swirl around. The discussion has been continuing. Oh, we got slop. And we got some slop going on for sure. Jamie loves saying Come that. Come and get the slop, you piggies. It's, it's wild. It. It's wild because... I don't want to say it's just like things are slow, so let's just toss some information out there and see what sticks, but it feels a lot like that because we saw yesterday the news, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell connected to the Phillies because in an interview, Morosi and Faison were talking on MLB about, um, you know, just the overall free agency market. They actually did a lot of great things, and and when I was listening and, and reading through all the details you know, the Phillies were just a small, small part of it, but they were there. They were there. And we're going to take that and run with it because all we need is an inch for us to take a mile because we're going to get irrational. Not all of us. Some of us. Oh, mm. I'll get irrational. Jamie. Uh, um, I'll be because used, of this use news. me. Use John Middleton's money agents, please. <laughs> uh, you know, what this is, is all four agents that or all four top free agents remaining are all Scott Boris guys weird I know. there's a lot to unpack here actually jamie because as weird. i was reading through there were some outlets that were talking specifically about scott boris some outlets were talking about some sleeper trades and moves um 
piggybacking off of what Morosi and Faison were P- saying. Piggybacking, but, yeah, it was slop. Yes, but let's start at the top with the big four free agents that are available. Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. Two of those four, 50% guys, 50%. We're tied to the Phillies. Now, what makes this even more exciting is they were asked, Vizan and Mercy were asked, is there a team that did not originally seem to be a likely destination for one of those players that could sneak in and make a serious play now that their situations remain unresolved at this late date? Vizan said there's been some buzz about the Phillies jumping in for either Snell or Montgomery. And while Dave Nebraska said that he doesn't expect any major moves from this point forward, he did leave the door open. Yes, he did, guys. We remember that comment in his interview with WIP saying, I can't tell you that somebody doesn't fall into your lap at some point where you say, gee, that's an opportunity we can't turn down. And then Morosi said, I agree with Mark that the Phillies are a prime, not just a candidate, not just a sleeper. Not just a team that's in the mix. Prime. I like prime steak. I like prime rib. I like anything prime, Jamie. I like Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's a good. prime candidate. They've had a quiet offseason, and Dabrowski once signed Prince Fielder to a $214 million contract in late January. And then the Red Sox could fit the description too, but only if they're able to clear payroll by moving Jansen's contract. So those two nuggets of Fizan and Morosi's comments had us and a lot of Phillies people ready to explode because prime candidate, they could jump in. And we've heard Dave mentioned this before. Rob's mentioned this before that they're just, if somebody was to just fall out of the sky or fall into our laps, I don't know why we're it, it just, I picture this, like they're hinting at it. There's names out there. And if someone were to fall into our lap, you know, why not? Why we can't turn that opportunity. So Jamie, you're irrational about this. You're feeling like one um, of these could be connected to the Phillies. Yeah. We've talked about this because, you know, the agents are probably using the Phillies because of their spending habits as uh, as bait to get their clubs that are most uh, active in trade or signing them um, to get moving. You know, this, the, the all four Boris agents, I'm sure somebody over at Boris core corp, whatever his uh, agency is actually called is just like, all right, splash some rumors. All right. Faisan and Morosi are next like, up. Uh, Phillies are the team willing to spend. Come on, Rangers <laughs> pony up. Come on, Cubs pony up um, because it is getting late and pitchers and catchers. A lot of the guys are there. I saw a tweet yesterday that a lot of the offensive guys have already arrived, which mm-hmm. you love to see. So like teams are, you know, approaching camp and you know, that's when these one and three year short term deals maybe change things. And, you know, do I think they're going to get them? I don't, but I do think there's a point where they're going to be interested in one of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Bellinger makes a lot of sense, to be honest. I know a lot of people want him. And yeah, would I like to slot him in center field? Sure, that'd be awesome. But yeah. uh, I don't think that one makes sense. I think if they were to make a move, it would be Montgomery or Snell. So. That makes sense. I'd be surprised if Montgomery leaves Texas, but it's really weird. You're not hearing a lot on Blake Snell outside of Mm -mm. like the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Occasionally the Giants are thrown in there. Um, It seems like there's no real true destinations for a couple of these guys. Um, But this is also classic Scott Boris. So, yes, you know, he's notorious for holding his guys late into camp to try and get the best deal and, and, you know, pinch these teams in the short ones. Um, So we'll see what happens. But, you know, Dave Dombrowski, all you keep reading about is, (laughs) oh, wild card Dave. He's always got something up his sleeve. You never know. Oh, man. We haven't really seen it here. So, like, if you want to live up to that reputation, now's a good time to pounce. Yeah. So there were there were a couple things that uh, John Morosi, Mark Faison talked about and also some other reports just to update on where these four, the big four, as they're being called, have been linked to. Now, for Jordan Montgomery specifically, John Morosi was saying he believes Montgomery will sign by Thursday. Of course, as we know, the incentive around, um, you know, pitchers and catchers are getting started in, in five days, but also in general. He said there is greater incentive for pitchers to sign than position players. We That makes complete sense. We get that. Um, but then also, specifically, as you mentioned, for Montgomery, there's been um, a lot that's really connected Montgomery to be able to return back to Texas. They've been the front runners. The expectations are that that's where he will land. The Rangers do want him back. 
And uh, they're saying that as an added bonus, Montgomery has already been offered free barbecue for life if he returns to Texas. There's been a lot of um, plotting and planning to get Montgomery to return to the Rangers. There have also been some others. He's a big boy, too. He could put down some barbecue. Oh, yeah, for sure. He looks like a barbecue guy, without a doubt. Also, the Yankees have been tied to everybody, honestly. Um, let's be let's be frank. Yeah, but they've also lurking. been connected to Jordan Montgomery. Um, then the Boston Red Sox have been another one. They apparently have been sending some um, mixed messages about what they're willing to do and if they are interested in not. I know John Barossi speculated that the Red Sox would sign Montgomery. They're a disgrace. So right now. yeah, that's that's been. The three that have been in the play for Montgomery. And then, as you mentioned, the Yankees connected to Blake Snell. They're the only team that's made an offer to Snell. And off, that offer still is on the table, allegedly. Um, there have been more incentives. Of course, Blake Snell is asking and, well, Boris is asking for a lot for Blake Snell. So Snell has been connected to the Yankees. But then also the Angels have been a team that's been uh, reportedly interested but hasn't officially made an offer it seems that their owner, Arte Moreno, hasn't given the go-ahead to make the offer, but the Angels are in touch, quote-unquote, with Blake Snell. So, I mean, those two specifically, I don't see any reason why it's not it's it's not impossible, and it is and it is impossible. Like anything can happen because nobody's really pushing forward. Because the other issue is Scott Boris. And there were some, I read a couple pieces about Scott Boris and how people have Scott Boris figured out at, at this point. And they understand He's the, pretty the game. They understand the game. GMs and baseball executives have reportedly been getting wise to Boris's charades and understanding how he, you know, manipulates and moves in the market. And so it seems as though a lot of these teams are just kind of waiting, knowing that Boris is going to want his players signed somewhere. And so they're trying to it's it's become a standoff. It's like uh, the the it's a rope a dope right now of both teams wanting to make a move. Scott Boris is trying to get his guys signed. Teams are trying to are are interested, but nobody wants to go ahead and 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 cave in because they're trying to wait out Scott Boris, knowing if his guys stay on the market, the price tag should drop, and then then they'll push in for him. So it's a it's an interesting time right now that uh, Scott Boris and his four his big four that are on the market are kind of getting. Uh, I feel like people are seeing through the, the, the BS. They're seeing through the, the smoke and mirrors in that sense of, nope, you guys want all this money. Snell was offered six years, $150 million. Turn that down. Chapman's been, been – the number's been very high for him. People want that number lower, Phillies included. Yeah, so it's a, you know the perfect opportunity for Dave Dombrowski to go overpay on a one-year deal, in my opinion. You know, I know they don't want to hit free agency again, but, like, screw it. Give somebody $35 million. You know, like go give Blake Snell $35 million for one year. I might prefer Montgomery um, personally just because of the innings eating option and more stable. Uh, but Snell clearly has higher upside. You know, the more this market kind of implodes and the greedier Boris gets, uh, you know, it only benefits the Phillies in my opinion. Uh, so we'll see if something, you know, were to happen like that. that you know, I always say it, there's no bad one-year deals in baseball. If it needs to go to three years, um, you know, you, you probably can afford that pretty easily. So, mm-hmm. you know, take a look at it. The other thing that happened yet last night was Ken Rosenthal um, went on a podcast. I think it's called Foul Territory. And he had something to say about Zach Wheeler. So I think the Zach Wheeler thing is obviously priority number one. And I'm sorry, my allergies are out of control today. I my see, op- you're struggling I'm, over there. I'm really struggling bad. I don't know what the hell happened except the earth warming up. Um, <laughs> and maybe the earth. allergies are starting earlier this year for me or something. Uh, but Ken Rosenthal went on foul territory yesterday to talk about the Wheeler thing. And I wonder how much Wheeler affects yeah. uh, this spending uh, that they could possibly do. Uh, Ken Rosenthal had this to say. He says, to me, the two most predictable things to happen this offseason were a Jose Altuve signing this extension and one that will likely still come. Zach Wheeler signing an extension with the Phillies, Rosenthal said. To me, both of those are simply going to happen. One of them already has. Um, You know, if Zach Wheeler truly does want to stay here, you know, I'm sure the Phillies will give him market value. I'm sure it's just the length of the contract. Because now you have Aaron Nola through age, what, 37? 
question mark 36 mm-hmm. or 37 something like that and zach wheeler is going to be what 33 this year i think 34 yeah. um so you know you don't want to be deep into uh the late 30s with that big of money tied up in the two guys Mm-hmm. Uh, so bringing a third in, whether it's Snell's what 31, 32, something like that. I thought so it was, like, yeah, I, yeah, it's something to write around that. Um, so, you know, it becomes a fine, uh, line to walk of like how many guys in their mid thirties do yeah. you want to give big money to? So hopefully the market just implodes <laughs> and you can get one of these guys on a one year deal. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about free barbecue this entire time, though. I got to be oh, honest. Okay, <laughs> that would be great. Are I you a barbecue love- fan? Oh, I love barbecue. That's that's <sighs> up there. That's up there. Some ribs and oh, uh, some cornbread barbecue and wings and, and yeah, and oh yeah, oh, so good, so good. Oh. So, um, not to switch off the topic of food because uh, this could easily go left because we are nearing lunchtime. I know there were some comments about Trevor Bauer in the chat. At 33 years old, Trevor Bauer, of course, having just come off of the longest domestic violence suspension of 194 games um, that he served. He is actually John Heyman was just writing about him today. He is willing to take the lowest salary to find a new club. So uh, it seems as though he is just interested in playing again and at this point is looking to accept the lowest salary of 740,000 plus incentives. Um and so his people are out there trying to find him someone. Of course, nobody has signed him. And you guys are mentioning um, Bauer as, as a person. I don't know that I, I don't want to see Trevor Bauer with the Phillies, but um, he is actively interested in looking for a team, obviously. And then on the other side, something I just saw on Twitter is that Brandon Marsh, actually, uh, this is kind of under, I didn't, I didn't know about this at least. Brandon Marsh today underwent six. Well, I don't know when the surgery was exactly, but the Phillies just tweeted out that Brandon Marsh underwent successful left knee anthroscopic debridement surgery with Dr. Steve Cohen in Philadelphia this morning. Oh, that's when it was this morning. And it's anticipated he'll return to playing at three to four weeks and will be ready to play opening day. Cool. So happy that he had a good surgery, had a healthy surgery. Happy wonder- that he got it early. I didn't know fully that he was when going. When did he hurt himself? Yeah. Right. A, it must have been recently. Yeah. That's what I'm like. When did that otherwise, a left knee injury? I don't now remember Now I know him. like Corey Seager just had surgery and he's like right at the, t- the start of, uh, um, you know, opening day. But that one, they wanted to see if it would heal naturally. We didn't hear anything about Marsh. Nothing. So it must have been a recent injury that they had to just clean up. I was going to say, anthroscopic surgery is typically, they're just going in to clean up some scar tissue and things like that. So maybe it's been like a lingering injury that's been nagging him and he hadn't had a chance to take time to get that done. So uh, Marsh's surgery did go well this morning and three four weeks recovery. I know. Have you ever heard a report of like, (laughs) well, (laughs) the surgery was a fucking disaster. I mean, that guy's knee is toast. Um, It was a failed surgery. I suck as a doctor. I didn't do my job. (laughs) I'd love to hear one of those ones. I I know. What does that mean? Their surgery went well. It went well. they got in and out of anesthesia. They didn't die. They didn't die. I wasn't <laughs> going to say it, but I should have known you were going to say it. they didn't die. They still have two knees. Yeah. We didn't have to cut a leg off. He's yeah. not like, yeah, but it went well, guys. So now the real question is, will his recovery go well? That three to four week timeline and have him back by opening day. Fingers crossed that nothing else comes up for him. In the meantime, he is uh, by far one of the most intriguing Phillies to watch this year. He took a huge leap last year. Yeah, I'm excited. And he's got a huge opportunity now as the starting everyday left fielder. Um, you know, Brandon Marsh, if he can, if he can improve on what he did last year, they absolutely smoke that trade because mm-hmm. uh, his athletic ability and speed and and what he showed you last year is very promising for the future. And you know what else is promising for your future? That's bagels and company. This weekend's future. How about that? Bagels and company take the best from Rat City, uh, New York, Brooklyn. And this is no lie. A friend in Manhattan yesterday got scratched by a rat. That's why I call it Rat City. It's disgusting up there. So I don't want people to actually have to go to New York. I just mm. want the best of their Avoid delicacies getting attacked by a rat. taken out of New York and brought right here to us in Philadelphia. Okay. And that's what the lovely people at Bagels and Company do. They take the best of New York and bring it here right in your backyard. They got those huge Brooklyn-style Montreal-style uh, bagels. Or excuse me, not Montreal. New Jersey-style bagels, the big mammoth ones. Montreal's more like uh, oven baked. I thought they were the same, Brooklyn and Montreal. And then I wait, what? Montreal style bagels, yeah. 
Hold no, on, I, that's a real. I was just making fun of you because I thought you just threw a random. Oh, city no, 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 in no. There. Montreal style bagels. Are oh, a thing. Okay, they're not Brooklyn style bagels. Brooklyn are bigger. Montreal are smaller. I had a little word salad there. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, but they have a large variety, usually 15 to 20 different styles of bagels to choose from daily seasonal ba- bagels. Maybe they do a, a who's coming to the Sixers, a buddy healed. Maybe they make mm. a buddy bagel today, Ooh. something like that. Maybe a Kyle Lowry, um, you know, if they buy him out, maybe there's a Lowry coming wow. home bagel, ah, you know, yeah. they're creative like that. Maybe there's a big game bagel for this weekend for you for Sunday morning. And a huge cream cheese variety. 30 different flavors of cream cheeses and schmears. uh, Affordable prices. And in today's economy, they want to remain steady. They think that's key because they've debated raising prices, but they want to be that everyday bagel joint for you. Not some bougie-ass, I wish I went to Bagels & Company. Let me get this bougie-ass coffee out of the shot here. Because I wish I went to Bagels & Company today because I wouldn't have paid... I don't want to say what I paid for that coffee, but it would have been a lot more affordable at Bagels and Company because I'm an idiot. I spent $7 on a drink today uh, and I shouldn't have. I should have just made my way to Bagels and Company. And that's what they're there for you, too. What are you giggling at over there? I feel like you're in a confessional right now. I am. I, uh, well, I don't I like paying $7 for a coffee. I would have rather gone to Bagels and Company. It feels like Jamie's confessional. My son, tell me your sins. Yeah, my well, son was I, spent I paid seven coffee. Do- it was like $6.70 for, for my coffee today. So I am the idiot that Bagels and Company is telling you not to be. Uh, so visit bagelsandcompany.com slash store locator to find the bagels and company nearest you for the best Brooklyn style bagels made right here in your backyard. Head to that website and find the bagels and co nearest you. (laughs) That felt like just, we went so many different directions with that read of like bagels and coffee. And then, and then it became about you just being transparent about your your failures. I'm literally, they, they tell you not to be me in the read and I'm sitting here with the exact thing they tell you not to be. And I feel like an ass every time I go spend $7 on a coffee. Jamie, I'm going to need you to go uh, go home and say six Hail Marys and four <laughs> yeah. Our Fathers. Jeez. All right. Well, you know, we are 48 days away from opening day, and you don't have to feel bad about decisions you make with the Game Time app because they'll make things a lot easier for you, save you money, save you time, and also make sure you can be prepared to head on out to the ballpark to a game, to a concert, to a comedy show, whatever it is you're looking to attend. I've been using the Game Time app because it is concert season also. And so over the Game Time app, you can download it right on your phone. It's quick, it's easy, and with the code PHLY, you're able to get $20 off of your purchase. Now, at the Game Time app, they really want to make sure that they take away and alleviate some of the stress of buying tickets. They allow you to see your seats so you have an idea of where you and your friends will be seating, sitting, excuse me, cheering, singing, dancing, snacking, drinking, having a blast. And the Game Time app wants to make you have the best opportunity possible to enjoy the process of buying those tickets so you have less stress in buying the tickets and less stress of the actual event. Now, we can't promise the game won't be stressful, but we can promise the ticket buying process will be. And at the Game Time app, again, code PHLY gives you $20 off your purchase and then also allows you that when you show up at the door, at the gate, at the entrance, you have your tickets right on your phone. You're able to scan them, and now you can get right in. You don't have to worry about printing out tickets. That's a thing of the past. Or even having Wi-Fi issues, because as you browse this Game Time app, find those tickets to upcoming events in your area. It's nice and easy that when you show up, you can easily get in and get started having fun. So again, use the Game Time app today. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. They've got images of their seat views. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And the lowest price guarantee. As, lo- as well as an event cancellation protection and all other types of protections for your tickets. They will also make sure you're always getting the best price. So check out the Game Time app today because we've got games coming up soon, guys. All right. Now, by with the way, games- that sucks for Marsh. He's going to be behind on his at-bats. Well, that's what people are saying. Why did he get this year. done now? It must have just happened, I would think. Yeah, that's only- but he's going to miss a lot of at-bats in spring training. Yeah. And Dombrowski in the interview the other day you know, said – the World Baseball Classic took a lot of at-bats away mm-hmm. from these guys 
uh, that they use for timing and, and to get ready. Go and again. Brandon Marsh is going to be behind the eight ball, so that does kind of suck. And, and by the uh, way, guys, the thing I just sent you on Twitter, this was posted a couple, couple of weeks ago, but it's worth noting because you know how big of a Brandon Marsh believer I am. But this is a questionable stat that I just resurfaced. Uh-oh. Highest BABIP amongst players in American League, National League history with at least 1,000 at-bats. Brandon Marsh has the highest BABIP amongst all active players, or not, excuse me, not active, amongst all qualified players with at least 1,000 plate appearances, which tells me that, unfortunately, you may see a natural regression of at least of batting average based on the fact that the league BABIP, since it was being constructed, uh, and I use that term very specifically because the construction outside is ridiculous at this point, um, the can, league BABIP can, can everybody hear that? is 293. Jeez. Yeah, he, he took <laughs> uh, leaps and strides last year, so that, that does suck that he's going to be behind. Yeah, it is. It's it's news that we didn't expect, um, and it's tough to hear as we've been talking about the team's focus coming into spring training and wanting to be healthy. And, of course, that's always the goal. Then in the offseason, you've had time to get healthy mentally and physically, recover, um, come and refreshed. And now to hear that Brandon Marsh had to undergo um, a, you know, surgery in his left knee and anthroscopic uh, scoping surgery or process, essentially, is not great to hear at all. All right. Well, I also hear that our buddy John Foley is ready because it is Friday. It's Friday with Foley. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome in John Foley, our own beat writer, who is joining us prior to getting ready to head on down to Clearwater himself. John, happy Friday. And I'm sure you've just seen the news that went across Twitter about Brandon Marsh. Uh, that he underwent successful because every surgery and procedures knock on wood successful left knee anthroscopic debridement surgery. Uh, your first thoughts when you saw this pop up on, on your Twitter feed. Uh, the first thought was where, where did that come from? Um, you know, they get, they kept that under wraps, but it sounds like I'll be ready by opening day. Um, not, not ideal. You know, I'm, I'm sure it might affect the, the start that he gets off to, but uh you know, I'm, I'm glad the surgery seemed to go well, and uh, I'm, I'm glad he's not going to be out for longer. But a uh, little little bit of a bummer on a, an otherwise very, very happy Friday. Yeah, John, yeah. I'd love to hear a doctor just once come out and say, oh, that surgery was a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I, I butchered that one. Uh, good luck, Brandon. Hey, don't count on that guy this year. His knee's toast. That's it for so, him. Uh, so, John, yeah. last night, obviously, we get a little uh, slot thrown in the trough uh, of the rumor mill, and that is uh, Mark Fizan and John Morosi talking about the possibility of the Phillies having interest in either of those. Uh, do you buy it, or do you think this is Boris Core uh, just uh, kind of stirring the shit a little bit to get other teams to move? I, I don't really buy it. I think I think it's Boris during the shit. Like I I do think there is of course a price that these guys drop to that the Phillies would jump in on. Um, you know if if you get them at a at a significant bargain, um, you'll take Snell, you'll take Montgomery for the right price. Um, you know it, I'm sure the Phillies would jump in any of these guys, and that seems to be their whole approach to the offseason is sort of well we feel like we're pretty much set. We'll just hang around sort of late into the offseason and uh, see what sort of see who see whose market isn't shaping up the way they expected and then pounce. So I I could see it happening. But the the tough part about that strategy is typically their their teams, the teams that really need pitching are probably going to, to jump in at a different price point than the Phillies are. So I'm. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad there's at least rumors um, of, of the Phillies being interested. I'm glad they're staying aware of the market and and you know ready to ready to jump in if if it makes sense. But it's hard to see. I mean, it's if it was a one-on-one negotiation, then it's always great to be uh, the negotiator that can that can walk away. But it's, but it's not. You've got dozens of teams looking for pitching. 
So I, I find it hard to believe that the price was just dropped to the point where a team that's only mildly interested uh, could get it. Blake Snell won a Cy Young last year. I know there are concerns about his secondary numbers and you know all the walks, but that's, that's a Cy Young winner. Yeah, definitely. And I know in the chat, Joe, Mickey, different people are talking about um, details around your trip as well as your Photoshopping. Before we get into that side of things with you, John, uh, with these four, four guys that are all represented by Scott Boris, four guys who are honestly pretty surprising that they're still on the market, but the price point has been seemingly the contention area where teams aren't able to find a number that makes sense. So in your opinion, who do you think is going to be the last man standing? Who's going to be the last picked for the kickball team uh, at recess out of these four, in your opinion? So the, the four would be um, Snell, Montgomery. Uh, who else are we putting next here? Oh, sorry about that. Forgot that part. Probably should include that information, too. So the final four uh, big names that are still available, we've got Snell, Montgomery, Bellinger, Chapman, and Snell, Montgomery, Bellinger, and Chapman. There's four. I can count. I think maybe Snell, just because there's I'm, – I'm sure internally Snell's camp is saying, look, this is a Cy Young winner. Um, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, five – it might only be five innings, but you're getting five stellar innings. Um, and then you've got teams looking at the other side and saying, you know, this isn't a, a – a horse that can go into the seventh or eighth. Um, you know, the ERA has been up and down a little bit over the years. I think largely because of that, those, the high walk number. Um, you know, he's, he's a really interesting pitcher. He's kind of a special case. It's hard to make comps on contracts. So I would, I would say probably Snell if I had to guess. Uh, so, John, we had a, a Guardians MLB.com uh, reporter on this week in Mandy Bell. We asked her about Emmanuel Classe and the possibility that he becomes available. She kind of seems as confused as everybody about the direction <laughs> of the Guardians and if he's actually available, more or less that they just uh, take calls on everyone. Now, Howard Eskin this week said the Guardians and the Phillies have had conversations and uh, the Guardians want number whatever prospect you want to call him, Justin Crawford. He's in the top 100 in baseball, either second or third in the Philly system, depending on what you read. Would you let Justin Crawford prohibit you from getting Emmanuel Classe at age 26 under, I think, five or possibly six more years of club control at a really low number? Absolutely not. That would not stop me. I, I think Crawford is a tremendous prospect. I think all the world of him uh, – He's he's not the help they need right now. Classe is so I, you know, and and as you were just mentioning, Classe is a young guy. This isn't like shipping out a prospect, um, for for some forty old forty year old pitcher that you're going to have for a year. This is somebody who can help you right now and into the future. Um, you know we've we've got, uh, you know, Rojas is is the is hopefully the the center fielder of, of the future or at least for the next few years. I I don't know. I just <clears throat> I you don't want to get in a position where you're just gutting your farm system but for the right player somebody like this seems this is the perfect player to do it for class A in that you know it helps you right now, helps helps you in the future and it's just I now I I know uh what Eskin reported is that Crawford is the holdup. Crawford might be it might be Crawford and nine other guys. <laughs> and Crawford's likely the three way. prospects, you know, okay. probably all relatively in your top ten. I mean, yeah, cost so you a pretty penny. So depending on the specifics, that that, that might change the calculus a little bit there. But um, but it, but if that's the holdup, if you're willing to part with everyone else and it's and it's just Crawford, as exciting as Crawford is hit the time the timing's just not right by the you know by the time Crawford's here I don't know exactly what is what ZTA is um I mean he's he's only 2026 is that I think yeah 2026 yeah, is kind but... of the earliest yeah I, let's deal with 2026 20, problems in 2026 <laughs> give me the, give me the help right now and let's let's win a world series is how I would feel but I agree with you there. I mean, 2026 versus uh, 2024. I think I will take the guy that's ready in 2024. But something else that came up, actually, guys, uh, that out of that discussion with Mark Fison and John Morosi is they were talking about the Brewers. And I know we've been focusing a lot on 
what the Guardians are doing, Emmanuel Classe possibly getting moved. But the Brewers seem, at, in their opinion, they talked about the Brewers being the team to watch on the trade front, especially after trading Corbin Burns, Devin Williams, and Willie Adamas, two names that we've talked about on the show that we've heard that have come out. Now, the uh, expectation is that they're going to try to trade one of them to get younger. That's the move that the Brewers have been doing. They want to bring in prospects. Uh, the original trade proposal that was put out there for the Phillies in a trade with Devin Williams included Andrew Bellotti, who, is, you know, we just saw get a uh, DFA'd, Brian Rincon and Eduardo Tait. So uh, I personally think with the value that Devin Williams, you're definitely going to have to give up probably more for him. But the the fact that Class A and Williams are two guys that have an ERA that's in the ones that have had, uh, I mean, since 2020, Williams one seven five ERA, the best in baseball. I'd be willing to, to give the farm for Devin Williams, whatever's needed. And by farm, I mean the actual farm. Whatever's needed to get Devin Williams. Uh, your thoughts on pushing all the chips in for Devin Williams, if that was a possibility in a trade with the Brewers? Yeah, I'm similarly excited about uh, about that idea. Um and, and, you know, and it didn't even sound like it would cost you the whole farm. It's not your top few guys. I know they're really high on Rincon, really, really high on Taiyit, you know, power hitting catcher. That's, that's great. You love to have these guys in your system. We still, we don't know where they're really going to end up. Uh, and were the Phillies not in contention right now? And were they more of like a, you know, a 75, 80 win team? Yeah, you, you hold on to your onto your prospects and and uh, take your chances. Uh, yeah. This team on the doorstep, I'd 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 make that move if it's a tight right. I I know I did read others have reported that um, a few teams have, have uh, talked to the Phillies about. Um, packaging tight and Rincon in a, in a deal and they uh the Phillies haven't really been interested if you're not interested for for somebody like Devin Williams I I don't know maybe they're just so high on these prospects you know we, we read what baseball America has to say fangrass the Phillies know better than anybody what they have so if you want to take the optimistic point of view maybe they just they love these guys so much that for whatever reason it, they they don't want to part with them so I'll take it. The, his value is high because he's he's also 25. He's got a filthy pitch, his airbender, uh, what he brings as a closer, lights out. I would I would be willing. And I do agree. I know people in the chat were saying you could get him for less than Class A. I'd be all in for Devin Williams, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, he's probably got one of the top three pitches in baseball. He's uh, one of the best closers in the game. And you would undoubtedly, I think, have the best bullpen in baseball. So it's really tempting to, to go for it. John, before we get down on the farm, because I want you to be a part of today's because this kid is so freaking exciting. <laughs> Unfortunately, we won't get to see him pitch this year, uh, but I want you to hang through the Andrew Painter conversation. Last one, uh, Ken Rosenthal yesterday basically said a Wheeler extension is going to get done in Philadelphia. He thought that Wheeler and Altuve extensions were going to happen before the year this year. Uh, Dombrowski talked about it on WIP the other morning. He said, you know, they'd like to get it done. If it was up to them, it would be done today. Uh, he knows that Zach loves Philadelphia. John Foley, are we going to get a Zach Wheeler extension before opening day? I mean, if, if Ken Rosenthal thinks, thinks we are, <laughs> who am I to disagree? It's pretty encouraging. It's pretty encouraging. It's really encouraging news. Um, you know, they've, they've got to be talking um i mean I, it's it's tough and they they were able to pull this off with nola letting it go all the way to free agency and and getting him back i i think uh zach wheeler is probably even more coveted around the league and i if it doesn't get done you, you really get nervous about their chances of resigning him uh after the season so so we'll see i you know I hope they do. I, I, they've, they've got to be working on something, right? If they're not, if they're not making moves, I hope they're at least working things out with Zach. Agreed. I think that we, 
we would all feel a little bit better if there are no moves made, but a Zach Wheeler extension happens because that's a major move um, for now and for the future to be able to to lock Zach Wheeler in instead of us having to worry about him hitting the free agency market. So let's let's go down on the farm, John and Jamie and Tyler, uh, because our down on the farm prospect for today is our final prospect, and that is Andrew Painter. Listen, I'm one to admit that because we haven't had a chance to see Andrew Painter this past season, I even kind of blocked out just how talented Andrew Painter is and that he nearly had the ability to become the first teenager to actually make it into the majors for the Phillies uh, and, and, and be hist- historic in that sense. Obviously, we know Andrew Painter will not be pitching in 2024 after undergoing a Tommy John surgery, is expected to be back in 2025 at the latest. Who knows what can happen in that recovery? But the Florida native, another guy born in Florida. Uh, I don't even know if we need to do a name test, Jamie, but I'm going to. No, he's, he's great. And <laughs> now pitching for the Phillies, Andrew Painter. Bam, Sounds great. Done. Sounds locked. great. This kid's a lot. So <laughs> Painter uh, picked 13th overall back in 2021. Has had high expectations and rightfully so the team has raved about him. I remember in spring training last year, Brandon Marsh, uh, Kyle Schwarber, different guys were raving about Andrew Painter and his abilities. Let's take a look at his numbers. So Andrew Painter is just uh, born in 2003, just 20 years old. He actually has a birthday coming up. I know. He's got a birthday coming up in April. Stands at a nice tall 6'7", 215 pounds. He must work in out. In 2022, he had 22 starts across three levels. And in that stretch, posted a 6-2 record, a 1-5-6 ERA. He, had a one, he pitched for 103 two-thirds innings. He also had 155 strikeouts Oof. and a .89 whip. The, the numbers for Andrew Painter are absolutely filthy. It's getting baseball and when horny you talk up in about, here. Yeah, calm it down over there, JB. When you talk about him, he's looked dominant in such a short amount of time. His fastball sits in the upper 90s with excellent command. He also has a great feel for his breaking pitches, can attack lefties and righties with both his breaking pitches. And then he is absolutely a top prospect, as you just see from his numbers. But it is sad that he had the projections of being, you know, someone that we could see hit the the majors early on and his surgery and injury has delayed that. But the talent that he possesses is oh, exciting. It's unbelievable. I remember listening to Kyle Schwarber last spring training uh, you know, mm-hmm. about a year ago and, you know, it was when the batters first got all the vets first got to camp and they had Andrew Painter pitching live simulated games to some of the vets yep. and the veterans were just walking over like, damn, this kid's stuff is electric. Uh, and he was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a point eight eight one whip uh, in his in his performances last year. Great command, only gave up two walks per nine Insane. innings. Uh, now, this is like truly remarkable. So he went from low A to double A Reading in his first season, which for a high school prep player is nearly unheard of. How unheard of is, is it? Well, in the history of the game, only Zach Greinke, Clayton Kershaw, Dylan Bundy, Chad Billingsley, mm. and Forrest Whitley are the only other pitchers to do what Andrew Painter did. Um, you know, we went over the numbers, 155 strikeouts and 103 innings. That's filthy. Uh, his strikeout total was large enough to lead the organization by 22 strikeouts. Uh, he throws gas. Only five kids in the minor league system threw harder than his 96.2 mile on average, uh, on the season. As you said, he kind of peaked out at 101 there. Uh, he showed Tyler, here's some, here's some baseball <laughs> porn for you. All right. So he showed excellent. And I'm going to read this from the scouts, uh, showed excellent induced vertical break and spin rates in the 2,400 revolutions per minute range. <laughs> Uh, all those all, all those factors make him a potential double plus offering on his breaking pitches. Uh, his best pitch outside the uh, outside the fastball is potentially his plus slider, uh, which is thrown in the low 80s. And Tyler, it produced spin rates in the mm. range of 2,500 revolutions per minute and averaged nearly 12 inches of horizontal yeah, break. Yeah, that'll, that'll play. 12 <laughs> inches of break. That'll Take play. That. John, That's a frisbee. <laughs> like John, we we mentioned it. Like you almost forget how good this kid is, and like yeah. the more and more I read on him, it's kind of shocking to me he's not higher up 
in these top mm-hmm. 100 lists. Like I, this, 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 you know, number one starter in baseball, like this kid has potential to be real deal special. Yeah, people people have short memories, it seems, because, you know, going into last spring training, you know, the hype was there and it was it was justified hype. Um, and it was, you know, uh, in retrospect, last year's spring training was pretty disastrous between Painter, <laughs> Painter and Reese, um, you know, and I think Painter is the type of guy when you talk about untouchable prospects, the ones that can just blow up a deal for you know, a, a 25 year old star with, with years of control. Painter is one of the, <laughs> one of the rare players that I, I would say hands off. We're, <laughs> we're keeping this guy. I mean, it's just incredibly rare um, that for this type of talent to come along to have somebody setting up, you know, even with the setback and the surgery, he's going to be one of the, <laughs> one of the youngest starting pitchers in, in baseball next year. Um there's just a tremendous talent, plenty to be excited about. Uh, can't can't wait to see him in action. Um, you know, I really, I don't think they ever really, the Phillies ever quite said he's going to be part of the rotation last year. But you really got the impression that that was the hope that he would be that be that sixth man. I yeah. do think so. Yeah, or maybe even five. I, like I think they would. I think they. I think it Bailey Falter was, mean, no was the backup plan. But uh, yeah, I mean he's. He really seems like the real deal. I, nothing in life is certain, but you know, when when you talk about these prospects and uh, for the past month, I know I know we've all been, you know, going through sort of everyone in the Philly system, and it's like this this kid has an, an incredible run tool, or this kid has an incredible hit tool. Um, this guy can throw. This guy can touch one on one with his fastball, but he can't find the strike zone to save his life. None of those question marks here with Painter. It's just like the complete package and it's really exciting Six scoreless john in his first pro start six scoreless innings in his first debut at 19 man that tells you something too right just knowing that like the nerves didn't get the moment in the moment as at 19 years old that's it's crazy uh the future is bright with andrew painter yeah and it's it's a shame because i think had he not gotten injured you just wonder how much more we would have seen from him. How, how forget just being higher up in in prospect rankings, but uh, even just in terms of getting starts. I mean, I had to find the exact date, the exact year. But the first teenager, to, he would have been the first teenager to make a start in the big league since 2016, and the first for the Phillies since 1980. I mean, he has the combination of his size, his pitches, uh, of the fact that his fastball can touch triple digits, the fact that he's. Um, able to throw a, a sinking two-seamer and that high-spin four-seamer you talk about, Jamie, his slider, um, his being in the low 80s, just the different looks he can bring, an upper 70s curve. He can change it up. He's got consistency. He's got great command. And like you mentioned, John, most of the prospects we've talked about, there's been one glaring area that's been a concern, some sort of a you know statistic or something that we've seen about them that's like, nope, they're not ready yet. They're going to need another year or two or three whereas for Andrew Painter it's just his recovery from his injury that's prolonging his ability to to get started so I definitely feel like for Andrew Painter it's such a shame this is such a I was telling Tyler before the show like classic Philly sports that we have this this diamond and, and that we're just sitting on that we're waiting on to get healthy because He's got the stuff, everything that we've seen from him, even in such a short time and everything you heard, Garrett Stubbs was talking about him in March and you're saying, wow, this, how old is he? I had no idea he was only 19 and his stuff is filthy. So yeah, but everybody's zone, been better to get it done speaking. now than come correct, up correct. two, three years from Absolutely. now when you're actually relying on him. I was going to say, and they're mm-hmm. right now in a place they don't need Andrew Painter, but it'd be lovely to have Andrew Painter out there because it'd be a scary, it's scary to think about, but I'm excited to see when, Ever we get him back 2025 of course is the projection who knows Could he'll be, he'll be in the rotation next um, year. but definitely looking forward to seeing andrew painter out there i've got yeah i'm excited uh so final notes on him tyler here's the, the final baseball porn for you <laughs> uh his high 80s change up uh got great um results his whiff and chase rates were 55 percent and 38 percent with them 
Uh, he has the potential for double plus control. When you talk about this kid, there's just no holes in his game. Uh, when it showed up in Reading in 28 innings, Reading is one of the hit most hitter-friendly parks uh, in the minor league system, and he only walked two batters over 28 innings. His scouting grades, fastball is a 70, curveball is a 50, slider is a 60, changeup is a 55, and his control is 70. Wow. This kid has, you know, all-star, top of the rotation, big-time potential. Uh, and he's going to be fun to start watching again next year. Mm-hmm. It really seems like that that guy that could bridge, be the bridge from, you know, sort of like the Bryce Harper, Real Muto uh, era that we have right now into the into the next era of Phillies baseball. I mean, when, when Bryce Harper is on the wrong side of 40, Painter's going to be right in his prime. So this is... This is, a, this is a big deal, Painter. Um, and if, if if nothing else works out this year and everything goes sideways, at least we'll have the comfort of knowing coming in 2025, uh, we, we've got this guy to look forward to. Mm-hmm. It's definitely very exciting um, and lots of positives for Andrew Painter. Looking forward to seeing uh, what's to come for him. And John, before we let you go, we're, I know I'm, we're all very excited for you to be able to drive on down to Clearwater. You're heading down this weekend, getting started uh, because you'll be down there for the entirety of spring training. And so you'll be keeping, I'm sure, the possibly, actually, I don't know, I don't make assumptions uh, because we're not at opening day yet. So we'll be expecting the photoshopping on the Twitter side. But then, of course, you'll be able to join us regularly on the show to talk about the behind the scenes and everything going on in spring training. Oh, absolutely. Uh, be be seeing a lot more of me once you know we'll have some some uh, some actual activities to to report on uh, for the Phillies. I uh, can't can't wait can't wait to get down there. Leaving on Sunday, driving all day. I'm gonna find some place to watch the Super Bowl in like South Carolina, some some sort of dive bar, uh, and then uh, yeah, make my way on Monday. Uh, it's clear. You've been checking and, out the weather, John. You had to have been checking out the weather this past week. What are we looking at down there? Oh, uh, you know it. I, I, I think it's actually going to be. I, I think in the high 60s, which it's been it's been in the 70s recently. I really have been all over the clear water weather. It's been in the 70s recently. I think it's going to be in the 60s when I first get there. But uh, that's actually not bad at all. That's <laughs> that's terrific. Oh, no, it's yeah. not too bad. It's not too bad. I'll I'll take it. I'm uh yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to it I'm I'm looking forward to uh bringing everybody the sights and sounds the gloves popping the palm trees the the sunshine so you know stay stay tuned I'll be taking a uh, ton of video pictures talking to everybody I can and uh, so for everybody in the chat know, John's going to be joining us a lot more frequently from Clearwater he's down there for the full six weeks mm-hmm. uh, so you know mm-hmm. we hope to be your home for Phillies coverage this season and. Uh, it's going to be a fun year. It's it's a it's a damn exciting time. 2020 wasn't that long ago when things oh, kind of yeah. sucked. So, uh, you know, we have to keep some perspective as boring as this offseason kind of was. Absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a great time to be a Phillies fan. I, you know, we're going to we're going to complain about lack of moves. We're going to. Yes, they could use some help here. Use some help there. Overall, good team. Everyone. Every, Across the board, everyone thinks they're the you know third best regular season team in the National League, and you know you feel you feel pretty good about their chances in in the postseason. Um, you know they're they're not going to be scared of the Braves. Uh, you know it, for <laughs> if you've been around for for a lot of years of Phillies baseball, this is this is one of the good ones. <laughs> you know? Yeah, seriously. so so people shouldn't hesitate. Don't hesitate to be excited. You know, there's a. There's a there's a real opportunity here. Definitely knocking on wood. This should be a good season. It's going to be. We're going to manifest that. Well, John, safe travels down to Clearwater. We look forward to uh, reconnecting when you're on the sunny side and having you back on with us to be able to keep us up to date. And of course, uh, as Jamie mentioned, for everybody, John will be sharing a lot of insight on Twitter and and giving a lot of scoop for you. So make sure to stay tuned for all the great things that come from spring training. So thank you, John, for joining us down on the farm and joining us today to give some insight on your thoughts on what's going on around the Phillies right now. Thank you both. Thank you, Tyler. See you, John. Safe driving, man. All right. Well, we are nearing the end of the show. We've got to run through some things before we get to guess that stand, some other updates that have been happening. Uh, I've been sitting on this all week. Got to share this. The league is 
growing the game of baseball. We've heard some news around Major League Baseball. Uh, one starting with, well, this is not a great thing. Sorry, Oakland A's, not sorry. Um, but we all know the Oakland A's were set to move to Vegas. Major League Baseball owners approved the move to Vegas in November. The final step w- steps were in, in plan. And then apparently out in Vegas, the mayor uh, of Vegas told them to go back to the city ownership. Um, and they basically told them to figure it out and figure out where they will play, figure out the plan, because uh, it seems that Vegas is not welcoming the Oakland A's with open arms. So, so uh, just things just get messier and messier out on the West Coast with the A's. Um, but then also some positives for the whole game of baseball in that the Olympics have been in talks with Major League Baseball owners. They presented the idea for players to be able to participate in the 2028 Olympics in L.A. So there is a positive coming from the West Coast. And the ideas that have been proposed so far are that six to eight countries would play a condensed schedule of five to six days. It would happen around the All-Star break, so right around July. And it would be in conjunction with the All-Star game uh, to be able to allow for it to happen without putting a major wrinkle in the regular season schedule. But then there would be a possible reduction of the regular season games to move from, you know, to less than 162 games. So there have been a number of owners that are apparently supportive of this happening, supportive of the idea of being able to grow the game. And now, you know, we would see what that looks like, but there would be a condensed schedule. So rather than playing the full 162 teams would play less games, but there would be also in that an opportunity to have some international baseball in in conjunction with the Olympics, the all-star game. And I, I kind of like it, Jamie. I think it's a great way to tap into the next few years between the world cup in 2026, the Olympics in 2028, everything else that's happening uh, in the next few years internationally, sports are really all the major sports for the most part are happening in our backyard. So baseball, I like the idea of getting involved, seeing ways that you can, you know, work into the Olympics and capitalize on all the excitement of the 2028 LA Olympics games. Yeah. I mean, any international competition I'm in on, I find it all, um, edge of your seat, like good. I love when countries compete. Um, and that nationalistic pride comes out Mm -hmm. and, uh, it, you know, you get to see players you normally wouldn't see. So I, you know, I love it. I hope, uh, I hope it does happen. The all-star break games though, seems weird. Like the Emma, like if I was a players union rep, I might be like, Nah, we really like need that week to kind of recover from the first half of the season yeah. and, and get our legs some rest. So I'm curious if they'll kind of approach any landmines when it because the MLB Players Union is powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, that seems weird that it would be in season for some of it. Yeah. So exactly as you mentioned, the MLBPA has been actively involved because the biggest hurdle is that player participation. Yeah, you, like, if you're going to do this, you want to make sure you can have as many of the best you players participating without... You don't want a bunch of James without, Castillos out there. Right. <laughs> Sorry, James. Leave I, Diego I, alone. <laughs> but you want to make sure you can do it in a way that doesn't disrupt the league schedule and also disrupt the players' rotations. But the other side of that is, of course, the 2028 games are scheduled for July 14th to July 30th. So they're, they're saying that the only time that really does make sense because the All-Star Games mid-July is to just kind of capitalize off of that already built-in time frame to try to include the Olympics. So uh, the possibility is for the All-Star Game to just not even happen that year. And instead of having an All-Star Game, they would have the Olympics happen just for that year um, and do something in conjunction with the Olympics. So definitely I think the the overall logistics need to be figured out, but I like the idea of trying to figure it out and trying to find a way to seamlessly introduce baseball into the Olympics. Um, And then lastly, there is the fact that we're going to possibly see major league baseball on Netflix. So the Boston Red Sox have been allegedly involved with Netflix to have kind of like a hard knocks of this 2024 it's season only about for the a Red Sox. Too late. And then uh with that, what was it, the 2008 or 2004 Red Sox team that's going to also have a documentary as well that I saw. So I like I like that idea. Yeah, of, I mean, I like the uh, ideas, but like get off of Boston's nuts, please. That's what I don't need back-to-back Boston love. Well, like that's spread exactly it. Out. it. If you're going to do if Netflix is going to partner with Major League Baseball teams to put together Within these documentaries, Schwartz is there group. nobody else besides the Red Sox that you can work with? Well, and the Red Sox are going to suck this year. Like if you're if you're actually going to go for it, like the reason uh, Full Swing the Netflix golf show did so well last year was because they got access to the top guys, the best guys, the the ones people care about. 
and even hard knocks, you saw it like some of the fun was in like those fifth round picks and like the stories you don't really know about. But then like you saw it this pet because I'm a hard knocks junkie. Oh, hard knocks is awesome. Um, so like this year they kind of realized like, all right, hard knocks numbers are down a little bit. We got to get back to the stars. And they went right. to Aaron Rodgers and they went to like, you know, stuff people care about. So like, are people going to care about the Boston Red Sox? Exactly. Probably not, but they have a massive fan base and I'm sure they made a deal with Fenway sports groups, but I would love to see, I mean, I would love to see it about the Phillies. I would love to see it about a, a true contender this year. MLB network did a show like, a long time ago called the bullpen where they kind of mm. did this style show with, I forget what bullpen it was, but they just followed the bullpen. I think the need for this has been there for a long time because I'll absolutely watch it. I just wish it was somebody better than the Red Well, Sox. that's the thing. The season is so long. I mean, you could, you could literally start, you start spring training in February and you're going all the way through to November. Yeah. You have lots of content. You'd have lots of episodes, lots of shows. People would love that behind the scenes. Um, but I think it just is the reminder that there is the obsession with certain clubs in baseball, because as I was just watching on Hallmark yesterday with the Mets on a Hallmark movie, like the Hallmark movie was about the starting pitcher for the Mets finding love and they had city field on there. Like, let's, let's branch out. You know, there are other clubs besides the Red Sox, the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers that can be featured on shows and documentaries. Because how are you going to roll out this cool idea, but then do both documentaries on yeah. the Red Sox? So well, they clearly love the fact that Netflix is trying to tap into Major League Baseball. Do not love the fact that they're just apparently only interested in Boston. So there you have it. All right. Now, finally, as we are um, nearing the end of our show for the week. Oh, it's, uh, it's John, it's John it's, Crock's birthday. It is. Uh, what is he? Six. I don't know. D3, I think. I don't know. I thought I put a tweet out. Happy about birthday, it. Crocker. Yes. Happy birthday. John Crock will be on our show one day, one of these days. He already said he's coming into the studio and gonna join us on the show in Love April. It. So it's happening, guys, at some point. All right. We have to go through Guess That Stands because Don't sound so excited, Ray. I'm just you know what has me more frustrated? Ray, Mickey, Dave, CMC, hypothetical man, everybody that's here. Yesterday was Trey Turner. Trey Turner is someone that has been my my go-to backup option. If I don't know, I always just throw Trey Turner out there. And of course, yesterday, I did not. I went with Yoro, and it was not Yoro. It was Trey. So now I'm a little defeated because he was my great American ballpark, and I, and I dropped the ball. All right, so it's time, guys. It's time. Um, <laughs> why are you talking about my toilet seats? Huh? <laughs> I don't know what's happening in the chat right now, but uh, here Chat's we have going it. off the rails. I wasn't Chat looking. Chat is definitely going off Hit the rails. Hit that likes up. Or that thumbs up if you're going to be in here going off oh, the rails. Oh, I must have tissues all over my house. What? Okay, let's talk about, let's let's go to, guess that stance. Let's get this over with. Um, just like a Band-Aid, just all at once. Let's do this. Here we go. Go ahead. All right, what's the difficulty ahead, scale? There you go. Uh, I would say that James this is. Uh, I would say that this is right about what yesterday's was. I'd call Four-ish. this about a four, maybe a four-five oh, or a three-five. No. If you had pick, it's Yoro. It's not Yoro. I promise you. <laughs> um, I, I would say that this is. I would lean closer to the 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 underside of okay. four as opposed right. to like a three and a half. Yeah, sure. Is it a righty or a lefty? No, you don't get to ask that just yet. Okay, that's let me not, wait. That's not fair. I always see them backwards. Here's, you know I am. Here's your player. Oh, boy. Ooh. <sighs> see, I would have guessed this was Trey Turner. <laughs> uh, oh right-handed batter. Is it? Yes. The left foot? Is that the left foot or the right foot that's in front? Oh, actually, now I see left. See? Damn it. Guys, 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 guys. It's a right hand. Uh, hold on. Hold I on. hate here. It's, I, I, it's, I, it's right I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do you a solid this one time. Now, it's right, not always going to happen. It's right handed. Don't look at the feet anymore. Look at the face. Face? Because, yeah, the face and the helmet. Because remember, the hands. again, if this guy were left handed, where would he be looking? Yeah, Down the first baseline. The back line. of his head or the, or the side of his head? It's. It, it, so it's you know I mean? it's a, it's a, a front facing view. It, okay. it is a right handed hitter, right. and okay. again, I, I think that it, you have to think about this in terms of the guy at the plate <laughs> in the box. If this were a left handed hitter, his head and neck and body would be so far twisted, there'd be zero chance of this being good contact. Okay, I guess. All right. Um, ugh, 
there's a lot of ants in the chat that are saying JT and I could see JT, but I also went with the, what I thought was the group answer yesterday and was wrong. And I don't follow the group unless I'm not trying to. Christian Pache getting some shout outs in the chat. I saw Christian JT. I think those are the main two. It does. Oh, man. This is kind of a cool tweet for uh, stat heads or card heads out there and go to wheelhouse cards if you're going to get your cards. Uh, on an unrelated note, while Renee stalls. Wait, and- you put in your answer already? Yeah. Not so quietly submitting an answer. Oh, like two minutes ago. <gasps> um, Justin Steele, you know, the Cubs pitcher, saw, he tweeted this yesterday. I watched Shota Imanaga throw a bullpen session today. I'm on eBay right now looking for cards of his. This guy is filthy with the green puke emoji. That's a pretty cool tweet. So yeah. if you're a card head... And you trust Justin Steele. Maybe go grab an Imanaga rookie card and stash that one away. It All does. right, y'all. Ed Mo- Edmundo Sosa you're, getting some love. Have you bo- heard a correct answer? Yeah. Oh, you're both locked in. Oh, no. Oh, you submitted? Y'all, did. either you guys are going to win together or lose together. No, uh, I didn't keep the same uh, you both guessed JT Real Muto. And, Wait, uh, don't show us the answer yet. Why? Why? It's a sh- I, the straight up back was the why. okay okay go ahead and show it you both guessed JT Real Muto and, and you're both, both right oh okay Woo! oh good. gosh yeah <sighs> that good was job stressful. in the chat a bunch of people had that yeah it was I this straight his, up vertical but his legs actually he's got like a a very distinct body shape I feel like like I think yeah not to be all Jamie on this one but his lower half was he's giving stick. JT yeah he is is he he's a little, a little thick? stocky that's Philly's catcher in history right there. Yes, sir. We can't trade six, though. Can't do it. No. All right. Well, it's been a fun Friday. Um, you know, just rolling through all the excitement. I have several beers on the horizon because I haven't drank in a long time, and I stayed strong oh, this week. So you. I'm going to uh, have a nice little happy hour out on the deck today while the girls play. Oh, yes. I'd I'm love looking that forward for you. to it. Yeah. It's nice and sunny. We're also getting out early. It only took us 67 minutes to get to this show oh, instead wow. of our usual 80. And I got to go so, get uh, Super Bowl menu stuff after this. I am uh, going to be possibly watching the Super Bowl. So, Oh, come on. You're going to watch. I'm sure like, alone you're going to watch. Well, okay. So that's, I mean, I was already a lock for all the concerts. I don't know why people aren't talking about SpongeBob more. I'm going to be there for that. Oh, yeah. I I'm going to be watching Happy Usher. SpongeBob Super Bowl singing to you. Are you ready, kids? I don't know what that means. Is that a line? (laughs) It's only the opening line for SpongeBob. Oh, okay. Aye, aye, Captain. Okay. So I'm ready for the concerts. I'm ready for the commercials. I might tune into some of the games. It's going to be a good game. I'm going to watch. But it's too much football. I know. I know. I might rewatch like past games instead and watch some other classics instead. And the Waste Management Open, Mickey Durkin says. It was rained out yesterday. Puppy Bowl. I watched the Puppy Bowl. Do you know that Harry Callis was the first announcer of the Puppy Bowl? No way. Yeah, a little Phillies mm. fun fact of the puppy there bowl you there. Have it, guys. Uh, Steve Steve Garrison love the conspiracy theories. He thinks it's 100% rigged for the Chiefs oh, because of Taylor Swift. I love that line of thinking. Because they are ready to have like a Taylor Travis proposal. I was already seeing Travis I, uh, getting I like officially... MVP. They're going to it's going to be Taylor at the parade. We got to see all the excitement. Well, can she make it back from her tour? I don't know, but they're going to find a way. I'm sure they'll be tracking her plane and everything oh, yeah. to get her she back. She just brought a lawsuit against people are the hiring plane tracker. Because, and also people are hiring whole Taylor Travis reporters, too. I, uh, I am officially much. taking the Kansas much. City Chiefs plus the two. I Anytime Patrick Mahomes is an underdog, I will gladly take that. So uh, I'm officially going with the Chiefs. I just doesn't matter because the NFL script is already written out. It's going to be... Taylor, Travis, Patrick, Brittany. We're going to watch their, them all that and celebrating. And Brittany Mahomes and is in the SI swimsuit issue this year. Yeah, I guess she is. She jumped all over Taylor enough to earn herself an mm-hmm. SI swimsuit. She locked in on that one. I, I'm all happy for the love. Be happy in your marriage and your relationships and all that. But we don't. It's too much. It's too much. Where's Christian McCaffrey's Miss Universe? We don't see his beyond. Olivia Coupo. We don't even see her Coupo. enough. She's, but anyway, I hope nice you guys at. enjoy. Huh? She's nice to look at. She's beautiful. She's yeah. Miss Universe. We don't talk enough about Was her. Was she Miss Universe? Yeah, in like 2012 or something like that. I remember Miss Universe, from Maxim. And we barely talk about her. So enjoy your sunny days. Oh, interesting. Enjoy your sunny weekends. Have fun watching the concerts, the commercials. For those of you that are watching the game. 
enjoy. If I don't know if you can say enjoy the game. But we'll be back on Monday live again, 11 a.m. Of course, uh, John will be down in Clearwater, so we'll be having him on the show more than just Fridays. He'll be tuning in with us to give us updates around Clearwater. And you guys, of course, can join us in Clearwater on allphly.com. Those details are there for our PHLY spring training road trip. More to come here. Make sure you're following and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest. So for Tyler, Jamie, John, myself, Renee, have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you next time for more on PHLY Phillies podcast. Y'all silly like the mayor. 